0: So I have a question. Gordy always opens up with a question. I thought I'd try it. Uh, my question is, it's not going to be a Gordy question either. My question is, 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 have you ever wondered why, okay, so think this could be anything, wondered why, I've wondered a lot of things, right? Have you ever wondered why, if you're like me you have a daughter, have you ever wondered why, or you've had kids, why in the world crayon manufacturers make a white crayon? I don't know if you've lost sleep over this like I have, but I have a five-year-old little girl, and I love her. And one of her favorite things to do in this stage of life, as most kids, is to express herself through art and to draw and to color. And she draws all kinds of amazing things and all kinds of not-so-amazing things. Uh, some of it's interpretive art, right? And, 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 and she loves it, and she draws for others. She draws other people. Um, that's interesting. Funny story is... Uh, during Easter this last year, she was at preschool, and uh, they, you know, they do art and stuff like that, and she drew uh, a cross, and then on the cross was someone, and I go, oh, did you learn about Jesus? I thought this was an opportunity to drive home and talk about the crucifixion, kind of the, assuming that's what they were talking about. Um, so we're talking about this, and, and, and I go, so, so, you know, Jesus, who's on the she's like, Dad, that's not Jesus, that's Grandma. In her five-year-old mind, she hasn't connected all this. You know, I guess grandma needs a little more Jesus, but, like, <laughs> she is just expressing herself. It doesn't matter. I mean, that's the beauty of a child's art is it does not matter in terms of what they draw. They are equally excited about it nonetheless. And, 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 and I'm excited. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed sometimes when I see some of the stuff she draws. But here's what I know is that she wrecks her supplies. She wrecks crayons. I mean, when, when we talk about her crayons, when we buy this box of crayons, that is the last time you will see that box of crayons look the way it looks. That's probably the last time you'll see that box, right? Because they're just going to be out. They're going to be broken. They're going to be worn, worn out. They're going to be ripped apart. They're going to be ripped in half. There's not going to be any color, you know, way of knowing which type of blue in the blue universe this blue is, right? There's going to be all sorts of things that happen to these crayons. And needless to say, we've been through quite a few boxes, However, there's always that one crayon in the mix. For the most part, that seems untouched. It's the white crayon. The white crayon is is an anomaly to the crayon world. Among all the other crayons, white has a very little, if any, function in that box of crayons, especially in a world dominated by white paper. Here's the deal. I have proof. I took a picture of a bin of crayons in our children's ministry department This is from that area, and this isn't even one kid you're worrying about coloring. This is a multiple, this is kids week after week. Look at that white crayon just sitting there like, you're not going to use me. Like, he knows, right? Green's naked, yellow's pretty worn out, blue's naked, black's cut in half right there, and white is just almost seemingly untouched right there compared to the others. And here's, here's kind of the connection. Here's why I bring this up is that we, as Christians, myself included, I do not want to exclude myself, myself included can become just like this white crayon in terms of our faith. Meaning that we have the capacity to willingly or passively become unuseful, just like this white crayon, having little to none function in terms of the activity and participation of what God is doing in this world. Now, I know that was a lot. So let me unpack that a little bit. It's just this idea that, that, that we can default. I mean, life is life. Life throws so many things at you. And in the last three weeks, I've had so many things thrown at me, none of which I can really fully exhaust right now. But, like, life is life. And in the midst of that, as believers, we are still called to participate in the life that God has given us. But we can default and kind of let the more vibrant colors do all the work and kind of step back and become this white crayon in terms of, of participating in what God is actually doing in our world. But inside, we know that this is not how it should be. Inside, when we, when we actually read the Bible or when you see someone up here talking about the Bible and talking about the people in the Bible, you see an active faith. You see activity. You see people who follow God in participating in God's story, they—they they, actually—they're not just—they're just in the mental awareness of God. They are—they are surrendering their lives, and and for most of these people, that we can see in the New Testament, this is at the very expense of their lives, and you see that, and we know that 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 there's something more, and Jesus Himself is not so concerned with just saving you us from something, but He wants to save us for something. He's preparing something for us to walk into, living out his mission in this world. And that's a very important thing that sometimes I forget, that I see friends forget, that when we watch the news and we see the face of a Christian on the news, unfortunately, it seems like they've forgotten what it is we're supposed to represent in this world. So this is what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to open up to Matthew 5, starting in verse 13. I'm going to set this up a little bit. This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. This is the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' location is is in northern Israel, so he he is away from the hype. He's away from Jerusalem. He is amongst the common people. These are not necessarily the affluent. These are not the educated. These are not the rich or the wealthy, though some of them may be there. The majority of them would not. These are just kind of the normal, everyday people in Israel at this time. So we're talking farmers, shepherds, carpenters, fishermen, women, children. And and Jesus begins to teach. He sits down on this mountain. He begins to teach. And and many scholars have, have described this teaching as Jesus inaugurating his kingdom, much like a president does his presidency. Jesus is going to unfold what it is that his kingdom is about and what it is that he's doing and what it is it looks like and what is our part in it. And you see him do this, and in many ways what Jesus is doing is he's resurrecting God's mission. Where Israel had failed, Jesus is now going to resurrect that mission of being this light to the world of Israel being this community of people that was meant to shape and transform the world and expose the world to the living God. That's what's happening here. So starting in verse 13, it says this, chapter five. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. So Jesus says, you, who is the you? The you is, 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 is a broken and, and, and a shattered Israel before him under, under the dictatorship of the Roman Empire, right? If, if you do a little bit of history, you know that that's the context in which Jesus is talking to. You, Israel, who has failed, lost in their sin, you are the salt of the earth. Did you know that? You are the salt of the earth. What is salt? What is Jesus talking about here? Well, salt in the ancient world was a very valuable thing. Salt was an ancient preservative. It was the way in which the ancients, even people today in third world and and all over the world, they preserve their food from, from decay and waste, if not for a short time. Because hashtags, there were no refrigerators, Right? There's no electricity. There's no way of, of buying something and having an expiration date. You kind of, you know, if you killed an animal, you need, you need to span that animal out a little bit to feed your family or goods. That's kind of the idea that Jesus is talking about. In fact, salt was so valuable, it was such a commodity in the ancient world that Rome paid its soldiers with salt because that's how important it was. And here's what Jesus is is talking about. Here's here's the first point, is that Jesus, he's, he's creating a community of salt that is capable of preserving a world of corruption and decay. He wants people, a community that brings life to the world and not further death and destruction and decay. Unlike so many in this world that are just looking out for number one, that rip systems apart and people apart and communities apart and marriages apart and and nations apart. Jesus sees his people, his church, as a means of of bringing that stuff back together and keeping it there, preserving God's goodness in this world. Now Jesus isn't just referencing a moral awareness of the corruption and decay. He doesn't want a, a body of people just sitting there watching it and complaining and condemning from a distance, he wants people to offer an alternative to what they have. To, 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 in many ways, like like Jesus is offering a solution through us. Here's, here's an example. We don't just complain about sex trafficking and, and just talk about how bad it is, right? That, that's one of the big things in our world right now that, that many are being exposed to is this, this tragic Uh, the thing of of selling people, right? Exploiting people all around the world in our own country, our own county, right? We don't just complain about that. We don't just highlight We don't just sit back and, and say, like, that's a bad thing we offer resolve, we, 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 we get involved, we, 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 we resource it, we pray about it, we, we join movements and organizations that are trying to refute this, we, we bring exposure, whatever it is, like, like we don't just sit back, but we actually are the means of, 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 of God healing that tragedy in our world. This is where crayons get used, this is where they get broken and worn out and they don't have their their, their nice little sleeve anymore, right? They're just a fragment of what they once were in their perfected form, but the the result is art. The result is an expression of the creator who was was doing that. Do you guys understand? I hope you guys are connecting this to to, to this. It's this beautiful expression that the artist is trying to portray, and this is how the world uh, should see it. This, this, is, this is the idea that Jesus is getting at, is that this is what you are. So Jesus is going to illustrate this, and, and he does that in the second half of this verse. He says, if you're, but if salt loses its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? And what Jesus is talking about here, he's, he's talking about this idea that if if, if, if you lose your saltiness, and, and, and I'll tell you what that is in a second, you lose your effectiveness. And, and what he's talking about is, remember, Salt being a valuable com- commodity, people would manufacture uh, a counterfeit salt. It would have some form of pure salt in it, maybe 10%, 20% in it, but it would have all this other stuff that looked like salt. It would be bagged up, and it would be sold as 100% salt for a profit. And that went around, but when you got that salt home, it didn't do its job. It didn't preserve what it needed to preserve. It had lost its, its, its function. It had lost its, its purpose, its effectiveness, and that's what Jesus is talking about, and that's who he's talking to here. That's the audience, is that they've lost their way. They're, they're discouraged. I mean, they're, they're not even the people that did it. They're generation after generation after generation of the people that dropped the ball. And they've just inhabited this mess, and they've lost value of who they are. And Jesus doesn't want to leave them there. He wants to remind them, you're not that anymore. You are the salt of the earth. Yes, salt has lost its effectiveness, but but and, and, and it's not useful for anything, but I'm telling you what you are, and this is what you are. You are the salt of the earth. God is wanting to do something new. He wants to resurrect our purpose. He wants to say, rise up. Do you know who you are? For us as followers, now I think, one of the things we have to learn in terms of this passage is, is what does it really mean to preserve and bring flavor in the presence of, of, of our communities, our cities, our states, our nation, and our world, and then, so it's not just, it's not just that, and then take action. Get involved. Now, this is, this is global stuff, and it's local stuff. This is your family, and this, this involves a family in Africa, because the church is a global thing. what does it mean to actually get involved on on whatever level and then take action? Not wait for some politician to take action, but for the church to to rise up. And that's what Jesus is going to talk about next. He's going to talk about this idea of being this light. Jesus is going to put hands and feet to his mission through the church, through these people that would become the church. Verse 14, you, Are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on its stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see, see your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now, light here is not a new concept. It wouldn't have been a new concept for Jesus, it wasn't a new concept for the people he was talking to. Jesus isn't just picking an illustration out of a hat. He's trying to to foreshadow, or not foreshadow, he's referencing something. He's referencing Isaiah and this idea that Israel, Israel was the light to all nations. And they were meant to draw all nations in. And though they didn't do that, God doesn't just cut them off and start again. He comes and he resurrects this mission in, 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 in incarnating himself, meaning he becomes flesh and dwells among us, among his people 2,000 years ago, and lives this mission out. And that's what he's talking about here. Sorry, I lost my place. There we are. And here's, what, here's kind of what he means here. Is point two. Jesus is creating a community of light that reflects him in action. Light specifically here is talking about our good works, not our good words. Don't make the mistake of seeing those as the same thing. Words apart from actions are meaningless. We know this. We've, we've kicked this dead horse for a long time, right? I think we've talked about it about four times this summer. Think of it this way, that the whole Sermon on the Mount, this beautiful sermon, it's just one of my favorite places to just absorb the truth of God. The Sermon on the Mount, the whole thing would be meaningless if Jesus himself didn't abide by it in his own life. It it would just be meaningless. And that was the problem with most of the Pharisees, is that that it didn't match up to their words and their decrees and their commands, didn't match up to to their daily living in terms of of a truth and understanding of what God's mission really was for Israel. So Jesus is going to illustrate this. He's going to give two illustrations here. He's going to talk about a city on a hill. And and what he's talking about is in the ancient world, cities, important cities were strategically placed on hills at the toppest level where you can see it. It would be a landmark for travelers. This would be a way in which you could see it at night if it was lit and exposed. And he's talking about the city on a hill, it can't be hidden. You see it because it's meant to be seen. That's why we built the city on the hill, right? If we didn't want you to come to our city, we would have been the city behind the rock, Right? Like that's the idea behind it, and that's what Jesus is talking about. And most likely he's actually referencing Jerusalem. God's city, and it was in Jerusalem is strategically placed because it's this important ancient city. And he's talking about God's city on a hill It's not meant to be hidden, the city where the temple is, the city where the nations were supposed to come in and worship. That city cannot be hidden. And then he talks about light under a basket. Well, this isn't the purpose of light either. Light under a basket is like counterfeit salt. It's not the point. Light is meant to bring exposure. It's it's meant to bring sight to not just yourself. It's not a flashlight where you can directionally point it to where you need, right? It's a light that gives house, sorry, light to the whole house, as it says up there. Light, it's, it's meant to be seen, Light is, 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 is meant to be seen, and by its present, the world can see. And here's, here's the cool thing about this, is, is that this, this light isn't just this light like exists in here. And I love when, when light like this, meaning you guys, the church, gets together. It's just one of my favorite times to see a body collectively come together and worship God. And it's probably one of the brightest times throughout the week, right? When the churches come together. But it's only bright in here. That's not a bad thing. But we need to be bright out there. We, the the, 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 the direction of light is, is so that the world not only can be seen, but they, they can see and be exposed to what it really means to live life with the creator. Light is meant to tell the world how it should see itself. We are meant to confront lies when we see them out in our world, and people say, oh, you're this. Systems say, oh, you're this, Right? structures that we have, and, and I'm not saying that those things aren't accurate, you know, you're a criminal, you're this, you're that, you're, you know what I mean? Like, the, you, you broke a crime, you're a criminal, like, right? But that's, that's not you forever. Well, the, the, the world's not going to really tell you that, but the church needs to kind of come there and say, like, no, it's not just that. Think of Jesus here. He's not just looking at a broken and distraught Israel and just going, man, you guys blew it. What were you thinking? I mean, I wrote it down. Why didn't you just follow it? No. I mean, he's sitting there, and he's breathing life in them. You, remember where he is, northern Israel, pretty much insignificant people. You are the means of changing the world. You are the salt, and you are the light of the world. So rise up. Rise up and see that. Why? Verse 16. Because the world is watching. in the same way, let your light shine before others so that you, sorry, so that they may see you, sorry, see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. What are we pointing to? Are we pointing to ourselves? Are we pointing to the Father? Are we doing things and being involved in our community, in this world and globally and locally, I know that seems like, wait, hold on, globally? I think we can be involved globally to some capacity. If not ever, it's this time of day when we can be involved globally. I can text someone right now who's in Europe, right? I mean, the, the means are there. But globally, why? Because who are we pointing to? We're pointing to the love and the grace of our Father. This is, this is why we as the church, we engage a very, and, and I'm not going to short, short sell this, We engage a very messy world, we engage very messy people. This is why we we give freely of ourselves and our time to others. This is why we can give generously of our resources. This is why we support things like CPC, what we talked about last week, Forever Found and Zoe in terms of human trafficking. This is why we believe not just in giving money towards them, but getting you guys involved. You know, I was telling First Service uh, last week with CPC, it was an amazing week in terms of them coming, sharing what they do, and, and you hearing about it. And, and here's what we did as a church. We gave them a time to communicate and, and share their heart and their vision for the work they're doing locally in Ventura County. And then uh, we, as an elder and staff, we gave them, I think, $2,500 dollars and we let you guys know that because in us giving that, that's really you giving that as you faithfully give. And then they go out there, and one of the coolest things was hearing later in the week just how much support they received out there in terms of involvement. Hey, sign me up. Hey, I need to be part of this. Hey, I'm an ex-nurse. Hey, here's my check. Here's, here's money. Here's this. And then it's like, man, we did something, and then you guys just went and responded. And that's amazing to see that and continue on this list. This is why we answer our phones when we know that our day would just be so much easier if we didn't talk to this person. I mean, that is super practical, right? But it's so true of myself sometimes because that person is just too needy. And I've I've told him this 30 times. Man to be salt and light is to really persevere with people. I've realized that in the last few years as I've had to s- sit with people and walk people through things. This is why people move to another country and pick up their families and take them out of Peach Hill Academy and, and, and go move them to, to, to some village where their, schools are subjected, or their kids are subjected to, to, to just a whole different culture. This is why they do it, because, because they understand the need to do something. We've sent people out. We've had people come back, and it's amazing. And people do that on a local level, too. This is why we care for the sick. This is why the widows and the orphans are cared for, not just in this body, but globally. But yes, in this body too. This is why Christians throughout history have started schools and built hospitals and opened orphanages and shelters. This is why we oppose things like racism, oppression, and slavery. This is why dot, 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 fill in the blank. There's no way I can exhaust this list in terms of what it is God wants us to do. So this is why. Blink, blink, blink. Ask yourself, what does it mean to walk with friends, to walk with family members, close family members, estranged family members, to walk with strangers, to walk with enemies, to walk with business associates, to walk with cancer patients, to walk with the poor, to walk with CEOs, to walk with drug addicts, as salt and light, what does it look like? It's not a sprint. I'll tell you that. I know from my own life. It, it, this is not. A, a, I just hand you money and you're good, right? I answer your call once and you're good, right? It, it's it's our daily lives. Here's what I want you to see: is that Jesus loved, right? Jesus loved Zacchaeus and Jesus loved Mary Magdalene, right? Zacchaeus, sorry, Zacchaeus, who, who was his chief tax collector, a traitor to his own people, corrupt, right? And yet has this encounter with Jesus and has this amazing response. This day, here and now, Jesus, I give all what I've taken from people fourfold, right? And then you have Mary Magdalene at the bottom, a woman in the first century, right? A, a, a woman who, who was promiscuous as a vocation. And, and, and yet Jesus loves her as well. And it's, 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 it's the whole spectrum and everything in between is what we see. And, and here's my last point, is that when we fail to be, sorry, and when we fail to see the church, you and I, not this place, you and I, as salt and light, we fail to be the church. And here's what I mean. To be salt and light in the world is a call for the church to be visible. Not just myself, not just you, not just a few people that help out and do things here. Not just an event. Events are great. They're part of it. But just your life, us as the church, Christians. You know the saying, just because you're in a garage doesn't make you a car. So being in a church doesn't make you a Christian. Now this is only true if you have an unbiblical or wrong view of the church. The church is alive. The church is active. Jesus himself said that the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. Church history itself has proven that. I mean, there's some skeletons in our closet in terms of church history, right? But yet through that has remained a faithful strand of people who said, no, that's not the way we need to do this. No, that's not the way we need to do this. No, that's not the way we need to go back to biblical Christianity. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. But is this what people see? Now, I don't just mean Cornerstone. I'm not not trying to lay the hammer down here because I love this church and I think this church has a great reputation. But in terms of us, the church, not just Cornerstone, we're not arrogantly the only church here, but the church, right? Is this what people see? Is this what we are offering them? Is our life, is our devotion to Jesus and his church attractive to those looking in? And I don't mean attractive like, hey, give away iPods and you know, get people here and, and, and just fanfare and hype. I'm saying like, like us living out our faith, is that attractive? If it's not, and if we drop the ball, here's, here's what I think it's like. I, I think it's like us trying to explain Beethoven's Fifth Symphony to someone who's never heard it with our mouth. Now, this can look different all the way around. It's going to look pretty terrible when I do it in a second, but here, here's the thing. You guys understand Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, one of his most iconic, famous pieces that he wrote, right? There's all kinds of facts about it. Read it on Wikipedia, but, uh, you know, if, imagine someone's never heard this. They've just been living under a rock, or they're from France, or oh, not, well, Beethoven's from Germany, right? So <laughs> they probably know it, but just, just whatever. They're, they're, they're just, they just never heard it, Right? And you're like, are you kidding me? You've never heard this. Well, what does it sound? Let me tell you. Dun 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 dun. Right? And they're like, is that it? Are you done? Like, no. Okay, okay. Dun 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 dun. Dun 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 dun. Dun 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 dun. You know. And you're trying to like sell this, right? And you're like, isn't that great? And they're like, uh. Like, dun-dun-dun. I mean, you don't. no, no. Like, listen, listen. Like, it just starts, and it's like, dun-dun-dun-dun. Don't you want to go buy that on iTunes right now? They're like, no, I don't. Right? Like, it, it, and, and we're trying to sell this, and what we're doing is we're robbing people of truly experiencing what this sounds like and what it looks like of this masterpiece of music. We make them settle for dun-dun-dun-dun. Right? Hey. You want to come to my church? Dun, 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 dun. Hey, we're having this church barbecue uh, next week. Uh, we're going to have dun, 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 dun. And, you know, it's going to be great. Well, what are you going to do there? Dun, 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 dun. You know what I mean? Like, well, I haven't, I haven't, you know, no. I mean, like, what is it that we're trying? Hey, you should follow Jesus. Dun, 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 dun. And they're looking in your own life, and they're like, is that what it sounds like? Is that what it looks like? Is that what you're selling me right now? And, 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 and we rob people. And we will frustrate ourselves, and I've seen this in my own life, and I see this in the lives of others, is that you will be frustrated because you're trying to convince this dying world that you believe is dying. And you're trying to convince them that your Christian faith is worth believing in, and you'll frustrate yourself because they won't believe it. But sometimes the common denominator between that is you and what you represent. And I'm not saying perfect. I'm saying be real. Do you share your weaknesses and how people in this church are praying for you? Oh, well, but then they may not come because they would know I'm a sinner and this and that. And oh, that's part of coming, right? Come as you are. we just sang it. But, but what is it that we're trying to sell them? And, and here's what I want you to see. I want you to see this, the, the drastic difference between my version of dun, 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 dun and what was actually intended to be seen and heard. Watch this for a second. I think that's what a dying world needs to see and hear when the church works properly. That means all of us playing our parts, and there's no kazoos in this orchestra. We're not just sitting in the audience watching this happen like a bunch of white crayons. We pick up an instrument and we start playing. And we have our part, and there's different levels and drama to when we come in and go out and stuff like that. But when it's all together, it's beautiful. And it's this beautiful symphony of grace and truth that the Creator is playing for the sake of the world. God is a power-sharing God, meaning that He wants to work through us. He wants to use us in making this world right. He wants to resurrect dead things. This idea of resurrection is alive and well. Not just 2,000 years ago when God did it for Jesus, but daily. I mean, people in this room, marriages resurrected, lives resurrected, health resurrected. Not always, though. He wants to make all things new. Let's pray. Father, this is a picture of your people. But God, it's not always a picture of your people. And we thank you that you, as the creator, have grace and compassion for us when we drop the ball. And God, you love us enough not to leave us there. So God, help us get back up. Help us die to ourselves. Give us an excitement to be salt and light in the lives of people, Lord. It doesn't mean instant success, Lord, with every area in our life that we're trying to gain success, Lord. It's, 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 It's about being obedient, Lord. It's about loving people. Sometimes it's about rejection, Lord, from people. But, Lord, we have to be faithful to the call and faithful to the mission that we are salt and light, and by salt and light, we are your church visible in this world, not just in word but in in action, and that we make a difference. We stop the corruption and the death in this world, the tearing people apart and the tearing systems apart and nations apart, Lord, And we bring resolve, we bring reconciliation and forgiveness. Globally, Lord, and in our own lives today. We can only do this with your spirit, Lord, and we're grateful that you want us to participate in this. So God, help us. In Jesus' name, amen.